You are on the line. Live on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga and in Auburn and Opelika on ESPN 1067. Listen online at foxsports983.com or espnau.com. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater. Join the show by calling 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM. Hope everybody is having a great Friday. We're working for the weekend and here we are. Not far. Two hours for my weekend. Levi, how you doing, man? Are we are we working for the weekend or working on the weekend? Which one are we doing? Because that's the one I'm going to be doing. I'm not working on the weekend. I know you are, but I'm going to be taking it easy. Grind I'm going to be keeping Grind up with... Stop. Grind don't stop. Built that's different. right. Built different. I'm going to be keeping up with Auburn baseball all weekend long at the Round Rock Classic looking and good. just keeping everybody up to date with what's going on right now because yeah, they're in action. Good. And they are looking good. Be careful not to jinx it. but And I typically don't believe in jinxes, but baseball is just a game that is just a tricky, tricky, tricky thing. Auburn right now, though, and just as you say that, guess what? Oklahoma scores. Hey, I'm knocking on the wood, man. It wasn't my fault. I've got my – got. it's not my fault. Auburn leading 3-1 to one in the bottom of the fifth inning. According to our live stats that we have right here, Oklahoma's got two runners on with two outs. Carson Skipper on the mound. Cody Greenhill was dominating. He was looking great. No runs allowed in his start until he did put somebody on base, and he was fielding a ground ball, uh, I, I think is what I saw on social media. Yes, Brian Matthews tweeted this, at BMATAU. Cody Greenhill is done in bottom five after fielding a ground ball, favoring his right foot, according to AU Sports Network. Of course, they're calling that game out there as well. And uh, Cody Greenhill, his stat line today, ending after 4.1 innings pitched. He had one earned run. That was off of that single. Had three walks, three strikeouts, one wild pitch. Uh, one uh, batter that he hit as well. But at the time that he left the ball game, he had given up no runs. And that one earned run that has just been plated for Oklahoma has been charged to him but Auburn right now is up three to one on Oklahoma in the bottom of the fifth inning two outs for the Tigers out there in the field right now two runners on base for Oklahoma but the Tigers seem to be doing a pretty good job right now at the plate they're leaving a lot of runners on they've they've gotten eight hits today so far so eight hits through five trips to the plate I'll take it they're putting the ball in play they're just not necessarily plating runs right now they've got three total runs those all coming at the top of the lineup RBIs today going to Ryan Bliss Stephen Williams has an RBI as well two home runs today for Auburn up to this point Ryan Bliss and Stephen Williams both with those home runs and uh, so Auburn's got some power in this lineup they have been surprisingly good at hitting the long ball this year and uh, the, the three players to score for Auburn today, Judd Ward, Ryan Bliss, and Stephen Williams, those three runs tacked on for Auburn today. Once again, Auburn up 3-1 to one on Oklahoma in the bottom of the fifth inning with two outs and two runners on base. So that's what's going on at the Round Rock Classic right now. Cody Greenhill out of the ball game after uh, apparently favoring his, his right foot. Found that on Twitter from Brian Matthews at BMATAU. He was crediting the Auburn Sports Network broadcast for that information as well. And into the ballgame for Auburn as the fifth inning now comes to a close. Carson Skipper 
is out there tossing it for the Tigers as well. And these two teams headed to the top of the sixth inning with Auburn up three to one. So that's what's going on at the Round Rock Classic. We'll try and keep you guys updated with what's going on with that throughout the show. Levi, Auburn basketball in action. We've also got Auburn High School football hiring a new head coach, Powell Gordon, for Auburn High School committing to Auburn. There's so much news to talk about on this Friday. There was a lot going on last night. I mean, just in general, I looked at didn't have my phone for what about two hours I checked back with it and so many things are happening you got the Powell Gordon news and then you wake up this morning and you have the news about Auburn High's new head coach for football Tariq Cooper listed as doubtful tomorrow for that game what is that going to mean for the Tigers oh, I totally forgot about that Auburn basketball news yeah I mean it's, he's doubtful and typically, yeah, Bruce Pearl looks like he just said that nine minutes ago yeah typically doubtful means not going to play. I mean, let, let's be honest. Questionable is about 50-50. I think doubtful is about 25. Typically. And if he's doubtful and he does play, then he's definitely not at 100%. Oh, no. He maybe isn't even at 90%, but we don't have any direct information on that. Christian Clemente, friend of the program, uh, comes on the show often on Fridays. He won't be coming on with us today, but he tweeted out, Bruce Pearl says Sharif Cooper is, quote, doubtful for tomorrow's game against Tennessee. You can find him on Twitter at Clemente underscore Auburn basketball hosting Tennessee tomorrow. Where do you think this team's mental state is at right now? End of the season, you can see it on the horizon. You've got three games left, as Auburn basketball did have their game against Mississippi State. That postponed matchup has been rescheduled for Saturday, March 6th, only a couple days away from the start of that SEC tournament. So Auburn going to get to going to get to play an extra game after the Alabama game that is coming up in the midweek next week. You got three games left. And it really doesn't matter in terms of wins and losses what happens there for Auburn because there's no postseason. But we all know inside this studio right now and out there listening to us that you'd like to see Auburn win these basketball games and end the season on a high note. But where's this team at mentally right now when they're not going to have or they may not have their starting point guard and their best player with them for possibly the remainder of the season? But I, I you know, we've seen stuff out there saying that they're going to try and get Sharif Cooper back but they're not going to rush him and now we hear that possibly tomorrow against Tennessee he won't play he's doubtful which like you said is about a 25 percent chance in your mind so where's this team at right now mentally going into this ball game when they may not they may not have their leader I can't imagine the mental is great right now I just cannot imagine that they're locked in as much as you would like for this team to be you know there's nothing that they're playing for at the end of the year in terms of a postseason or an SEC seed in that tournament, there's nothing they're playing for in that regard. Then you're losing your best player. You're not going. There's. I don't think there's a chance they can win that game tomorrow if Alan Flanagan has to take point guard duties again. Just and, and not not a knock on him as a player. I'm going to keep reiterating that over and over again. Just can't ask the guy to play out of position like that and expect to play against a really good defensive team in Tennessee. I I just don't see it, man. I don't see it. Even if Sharif Cooper plays tomorrow, which I would assume he'd probably be around like sixty percent. 75% maybe I still don't see them being able to beat Tennessee tomorrow unless he's healthier than I'm imagining again I don't have well Auburn I was losing with him on the floor yeah so. I don't have I don't have anything that can tell me what percentage of health Sharif Cooper is at right now other than the fact that he is doubtful which leads me to believe he's probably around he's probably below he's probably 50% or below at this moment, if that I don't is know the if I'd go that low, but he's definitely not. He's definitely not a hundred. He's not a hundred. He's not. He's 100%. probably not close to that either. Yeah, I, I don't think he's anywhere close to a hundred. And when he was at a hundred, like you just pointed out, Auburn was still losing basketball games. It's going to be a tough, tough stretch. I think this would be huge for Auburn to come out and play with some fight. I don't. I 
win or loss, I don't care. If I can see this team come out and really just show that, hey, we haven't quit on this year regardless of the circumstances. They've been taking gut punch after gut punch. Bruce Pearl said that the other the other night. If they could come out and really just play hard, it is not about I, – I hate moral victories. I'm not a moral victory guy, but this is a good chance to actually – put something behind you and say, you know what? Everything's against us right now. Let's just go out and play some basketball, man. Let's go out and just show that we still are a good basketball team. We just might have a little bit of adversity right now. Let's try to fight through and see what we can do. Auburn's next two opponents, unfortunately, for Auburn, have a lot to play for, and they're both top 25 teams at the moment. Alabama, they just lost, so they're definitely going to be looking to bounce back, or at least they know the importance of not losing another game. Of course, Alabama's playing Mississippi State this weekend. They're not playing Auburn, but in the midweek, they understand the importance not only of beating their rival, but also for seeding. And Tennessee understands that same challenge as well coming on the road because this Tennessee team also has lost recently. They're really up and down oftentimes. I mean, they lost last weekend to Kentucky. They know that they cannot take losses like this to Auburn if they want to go out there in the NCAA tournament and have a favorable seating they know they can't slip they're at 16 and 6 overall which looks like a good record but they were undefeated coming into conference play and they've been about a 500 team in conference play this Tennessee team knows that if they want to get favorable seating in the NCAA tournament they cannot suffer a loss to a team like Auburn right now that is honestly playing like the worst team in the SEC at the moment they are. I mean, they are playing like one of the worst teams of the SEC. Vanderbilt has won more recently than Auburn has. And, I mean, take away the fact that Auburn beat Vanderbilt. They didn't look good in that game. That game easily could have went the other way. A couple, you know, basketball is a game of runs. Basketball is a game of a couple bounces. A couple bounces go Vanderbilt's way in that game. Auburn loses that basketball game. And, honestly, if Auburn and Vanderbilt played right now, no Shreve Cooper, no point guard for that roster, I'm not convinced that Auburn would win that game because I'm – I would lean towards the fact that I think Vanderbilt would end up winning that game as well. Not a knock on the Tigers. It's just, man, they've they've got so much going against them right now. And these next two matchups against Tennessee and Alabama, they're playing for seeding, not just in the SEC tournament, in the NCAA tournament. Alabama, I mean, they were they were fighting for a one seed. They lost the other night to Arkansas. I don't think that hurts them that much considering everybody else Arkansas around is them. Arkansas is a ranked team, and they are climbing right now in the polls. And everybody else lost around them. I mean, you got Illinois getting beat, Ohio State getting beat last night. Well, so Arkansas has a better overall record than Alabama right now. They're at 18-5, and five, Alabama at 18-6. and six. This Arkansas team is sneaky. They're, they're sneaking up. They're really climbing Watch those out polls. When, tournament te- when tournament play begins. And the big thing about Arkansas and trying to evaluate, or not just Arkansas, but just trying to evaluate SEC teams' trajectory in the NCAA tournament this year, I'm super down on the SEC. I don't think it's that good of a conference this year. I think it's one of the worst power conferences out there. It's probably, it's probably third in my mind only because the ACC has been so abysmal. But there are a couple of teams in the ACC that are on the uptick that were Duke. kind of meandering. Duke is one of those teams. But Florida State was kind of meandering in and out of the top 25 at times this year. They skyrocketed in the polls towards the top 15. Florida, you talk about sneaky teams. Florida State's almost been like that Arkansas, just flying under the radar, but just consistently they just started winning. They've gotten, they've gotten hot. and Just like Arkansas, watch out for Florida State. Same sentiment with those two teams for sure. Virginia's coming off of a bad week but they were on a climb for a while and then when they took a 21 point loss to Florida State and then they lost to Duke as well that sidetracked them a little bit but Virginia the ACC has teams trending upward 
and I think they have more teams trending upward right now than maybe the SEC does because you look at the SEC standings trending downward right (laughs) Alabama has not been playing their best brand of basketball it's very possible that Alabama's already peaked they've played more subpar games still winning but more subpar games over the last seven to eight that they have played their best brand of basketball best brand of basketball is when they beat georgia 112 to 85 and they can't miss and they're shooting 60 percent but when they're not hitting their jump shots when they're not knocking it down from three alabama all of a sudden begins to play like a team that could lose in the round of 32 arkansas is a team trending upward i'm not going to include them in that list lsu is very up and down for a little bit they were trending up but now they're nine and five in conference play they're no longer into second place in the league and they're 14 and seven overall florida's on the uptick right now tennessee's on the down so you look at this there's some teams going up there's some teams going down missouri has fallen apart Ole Miss is going up but do they do enough to make it to the NCAA tournament I don't know there are more teams I feel like right now trending down in the SEC than there are trending up and so I might even favor the ACC as a conference especially with its basketball pedigree over the SEC at this point so it's very difficult for me to evaluate SEC teams in the national picture because I know every single one of these SEC teams are not better than the best that the Big 12 and the Big 10 have to offer. Maybe even the second tier that those leagues have to offer because I wonder what Alabama looks like if they play in the Big 10 or the Big 12. They probably have two or three more losses. Two or three, I feel like it's being a little bit generous. That Big 10 is just na- The Big 10 and Big 12, they are just, they are so nasty. They are so good this year. And I, so that's my stance on it. Oof. I see the SEC as a step below the two best conferences in college basketball possibly marginally worse than the ACC because I think they're they have quite a few teams trending on the up right now but I would put them below the ACC right now I think the ACC right now as it currently stands is a little bit above the SEC just in my head and that that could change that could change over the next few weeks I think right now today I think the ACC is in a better place as a conference than the SEC is right now and the Pac-12 is irrelevant so what else is new yeah I say I mean what doesn't matter (laughs) doesn't matter the sport Pac-12 still irrelevant it's okay they're not awake right now what is it like eight o'clock in the morning over there for them they're not they don't care still talking about this auburn tennessee basketball game the 25th ranked volunteers coming to auburn a point that i want to make before we go to break what's good for auburn is that tennessee abysmal on the on the offensive end sometimes tennessee could show up and score 50 points against Ole miss in a ball game and lose you know because you expect to lose if you score 50 points you know and Ole Miss only scored 52 but the bad side for Auburn is Tennessee is one of the best defensive teams in the country top three in Kim Palm's adjusted defensive efficiency margin we'll be back with more of on the line on the other side of this break you are on the line with Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater we'll be right back Back on On the Line, Noah Garner and Levi Fitzwater with you on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. Follow Fox Sports Central Alabama on Facebook to keep up with the latest going on in sports. On the Line, The Drive with Bill Cameron, analysis, news, and more all on Fox Sports Central Alabama on FoxSports983.com and on Facebook, that's FoxSports983.com. A lot of moving parts today, a lot of news going out today on Friday. Everybody's trying to get it in before the end of the week. Phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. Number to call, 334-321-1390. Jeremy Law of Radio Alabama Sports texted me during the break and said, hey, man, make sure to mention Alabama, their newest commitment, Alabama football landing, five-star, number three overall pro-style quarterback, 
Ty Simpson out of Martin, Tennessee, class of 2022 quarterback, 27th overall player nationally, according to 24-7 Sports Composite, coming in with a rating of .9861, five-star quarterback, six foot two, 185, pro-style variety. He's a hard commit to Alabama as of today. It's a good commitment. Don't you just love it? I'll, I'll uh, quote quote intern Sting. Don't you love it when the scrappy underdogs that are, that is uh, that Alabama football, the, you know, the Alabama Crimson Tide that uh, that they get the you know get a good recruit every now and then. It's good when those scrappy underdogs get one. It's funny. A year ago, everybody thought that possibly there were some weaknesses in the dynasty. I even think there were Alabama fans that were thinking that. And the most the the latest recruiting class, the one that they just inked for 2021, has shown that that is not true. But it continues in 2022 with a major commitment for Alabama there. I mean, Alabama right now in the 2022 class, once again, according to 24-7 Sports Composite, look, it's early, and they have not added the commitment yet to the hard commit page for them there, and so I'm sure this will affect the rankings dramatically. But they're 22nd nationally right now, but that's without factoring in this new quarterback commit, and he's the first five-star to join that class where Alabama only has three commits at the moment. Robert Woodyard out of Mobile. He's a four-star inside linebacker. Elijah Brown, a four-star tight end, which if you get a four-star tight end, you're doing pretty well. And then a three-star strong side defensive end, Walter Bob. So those are the three that are already a part of this class, but now they are going to be led by five-star quarterback Ty Simpson. So there's some Alabama football recruiting news. What else is going on right now? Auburn baseball playing in the Round Rock Classic at the moment end of the sixth inning Auburn leading Oklahoma three to one right now Cody Greenhill was out of the ball game after 4.1 innings pitched dealing with some foot sensitivity Carson Skipper came in to the ball game in relief he's thrown 1.2 innings pitched here he's only given up one hit that ended up charging Greenhill with an earned run so Greenhill's day ends with only one earned run one run total allowed three hits he had three strikeouts, three walks. Pretty good day for Greenhill. He had the thing on lockdown. There were no runs allowed at the time he left the ball game. Skippers came in, though, and done a bang-up job. Oklahoma's pitcher, Wyatt Olds, he was bounced out after three innings. It's about all the bullpens here, but here's the thing. After Auburn bounced out, Wyatt Olds, release man, uh, relief man with the last name of Godman, he has got uh, three innings pitched, two hits allowed, no runs. And Auburn hasn't really been able to do much since that moment. So since the since about the third inning, the third inning was the last time Auburn scored. I can't confirm that. So it was 3-0 after three. And right now, Oklahoma's the latest to score. And that, ran, that run came in the bottom of the fifth. But right now, going into the top of the seventh inning, Auburn already with an out. They're up 3-1, to one, trying to hold on to a – trying to hold on to a – to a game one win in the Round Rock Classic. I was trying to think of the right phrase there. Game one win in the Round Rock Classic because they'll be taking on – Baylor tomorrow at Texas A&M yep. Sunday that so correct. that's the rest of the schedule for the weekend the game against Baylor tomorrow will be at noon and then on Sunday it's 11 a.m. against Texas A&M Oklahoma's the best team just looking at it on paper right now and of course all three of those schools were in a portion of the country dealing with some terrible things over the last couple of weeks with how cold it got over there and dealing with all the snow and the ice and everything but they did not enter this series not one of those teams entered this series looking great on paper Oklahoma's the the most Oklahoma's the most they're the toughest competition going into this going into this weekend they're at two and two overall going into this weekend but then A&M's at two and three Baylor's at one and two and neither of those teams looked great in multiple categories I can't 
say really one good thing that A&M has looked like through their first five Baylor can I can at least say that they hit really well as a team they're batting 333 pitching wise though massive ERA through the roof yeah I mean A&M's the one that you want to you you like seeing A&M on Sunday because that's when you're not trotting out your best guy and you're you're thinking you know what this should be the best matchup but again A&M's batting 243 as a team to kind of compare that to what I just said about Baylor who's batting yeah 333 almost a whole point ahead or almost 100 points ahead I mean that's that's ridiculous yeah I mean it's not great but that's that's who you want to see on Sunday and A&M could come out and play play very good baseball we just don't know we don't you you hit it on the head those three teams were dealing with just extra circumstances that you're not really expecting in just a national or not a national but that local weather storm that they had that really put that portion of the country in a really, really bad bind. Maybe they are better than the stats they've been putting out. That's why I'm really intrigued about this weekend and what's going on to really see where they stand and where they stack up with some of these teams. It's good to see Auburn's been hitting. That's, I mean, that was our biggest concern all year, and they seem to be a team that has learned how to hit pretty well. So they can keep that up throughout the year. It's a dangerous Auburn team. Entering into the weekend, I mentioned that Baylor had an astronomical ERA as a staff. It's at 7.2 through three games that's brutal they played ut rio grande valley yes that school does exist if you've never heard of them and they have a 7.2 staff era oklahoma i said was the toughest competition coming into this weekend they're batting 213 as a team and a 4.33 era so that's not great either but this team has played better schools than the others have some mid-major teams that typically make the ncaa tournament like omaha and stephen f austin and then they also played UT Arlington as well, who's kind of up and down on a year-year basis. So name-wise, none of these teams have played anybody good at the moment, but Oklahoma still appears to be the toughest competition going into the weekend. Baylor, I expect Auburn should, should be able to go at the plate with some of those pitching numbers to be able to do what they want because UT Rio Grande Valley did whatever they wanted at the plate all across the weekend. And then A&M batting 243, 3.72 staff ERA. Auburn might... Auburn might face the most opposition in terms of a pitching staff from A&M, but I believe that their starters didn't do too great against Xavier last weekend. They lost the first two games of that series against Xavier in their opening weekend series. So this A&M team, though, may be better. Maybe it was the weather that, that put them in such a bind because all of these teams have had irregular schedules with everything going on. But that's what's going on right now at the Round Rock Classic. We'll try and keep you updated about that throughout the show. Some other news to talk about here as we're just trying to make it through some news cycles, and we'll get to a lot of it. So much news. There's just a big news dump over the past. I mean, it's Friday. That's what you want. That's what you want to do. You want to news dump on a Friday, but there's just so much that has happened. Well, there's not enough time to do this next topic justice in the rest of this segment, so we won't talk about it fully. But Auburn High School hired Keith Etheridge to be their new head football coach. Etheridge coming from Oxford. He's won many state championships. Looking at his bio out there he won one at oxford and he won four at leeds where he spent about a decade he did spend a decade at leeds and he won four state championships there so auburn bringing in a guy with the championship pedigree i don't know if there's a better hire in high school football that auburn could have made right now in this state this is a huge hire for auburn high school football we'll talk about that more as the show goes on auburn high school football defensive product Powell Gordon yesterday committing to Auburn University the three-star outside linebacker who looks like he's going to fit in as a pass rusher in Auburn's 3-4 defensive scheme that's good news as well 
for Auburn trying to begin to build this class. Yeah, and you can tell that that, uh, that new facility is, is really hitting home with some of those recruits. You saw Holden Garner last night tweet that video out. You saw Powell Gordon tweet that they video did, both out. Both of them. Both of them were ecstatic, and that's very good. That's good for recruiting. That uh, When people were talking about the other day, why, or a few weeks ago, we were discussing why there are certain things that are at that athletic facility and all these new facilities. This is why. This is why it's just shiny things to to get guys interested and get guys wanting to come here. They'll counter, though, that it's a low four-star quarterback and a three-star that are talking about it, but other guys are going to talk about it. Exactly. And I don't think we're going to see... somewhere. You got to start somewhere. You got to get some guys in here. I don't think we're going to see the effects of the recruiting facility or not... Rec- oh, I call it a recruiting facility. The football facility on recruiting. I mean, it is a recruiting Pretty facility much. if you Pretty think much, about yeah. it, but... You're not going to feel the effects of that in recruiting this year. That's something that it's going to have to be built, I think, before. Because guys are going to have to – got to get guys on campus still to come and tour it and come and see it because that's what's going to have an effect on them. And the types of guys that you're trying to draw, the places like Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State, they already have those facilities built. They've already been using them. They're already playing Xbox in the Clemson facility. You know, like they already have all that stuff in place and Auburn – it's a little bit later to the table than some of the national powers, but Auburn is moving in now into that top tier of college football teams that have a football-only facility. You need that if you're going to compete. Absolutely. You absolutely have to have that to compete, not only nationally, but just in the SEC alone. I mean, you have to have that when you're competing with Alabama. You're competing with guys like that. you got to have things like that. You have to have a facility like this just to get guys on. But to go you know, really more focused on the Powell-Gordon thing, I'm gonna keep saying it. I love what Harson's doing. I love that he's recruit local. I love that he's bringing in local guys. We know that there are local. Me and you know almost better than most people out there. The talent that is around here that gets overlooked just simply for the area. And it's great to see that Brian Harson is kind of combing through this and saying, you know what? There are guys in my backyard that can play. Let's bring them in. Let's get these guys somewhere because people who live around here typically love Auburn and would love a chance to go play in Auburn. Like people love Auburn around this area. And I'm not just saying in the city of Auburn, that extends to Opelika, Beauregard, Valley, et cetera. Well, people will bring up that these aren't especially high profile recruits. I'll exclude Eston Harris from that though. Eston Harris at Beauregard, that offensive tackle, I could see him blowing up on the recruiting trail. You just got to go look at the offer sheet. There's an offer from anybody who's anybody on that sheet right now. Auburn, Georgia's, those types of team those types of teams in the college football world are recruiting that guy we'll be back with more of on the line on the other side of this break we'll keep it on that topic of local high school football recruiting going to the plains and also auburn high school football with a new head coach stay on the line more of the show when we come back back on on the line noah garner levi fitzwater with you on espn 106.7 and on fox sports central alabama Working on a Friday, happy to be here with everybody, and we're going to head to the phone lines. You can call in at 334-321-1390, and on the phone with us here on this great Friday, we got Trill with us. Trill, how you doing today, my man? I was doing all right, so I heard some of your comments here recently. Well, what what specifically is bothering you? Look here, what difference does it make where the fellas are from? We need five stars come here to Auburn. Alabama just got a five-star, Ty Simpson. And these fellas on this here message board, they just going crazy. They just drive me up a wall. Look at them. We don't care. I don't care if they love Auburn. Or I, I love Auburn. I believe in it. But they ain't got two as long as they come in. They scored a touchdown. They stopped Nick Saban. They stopped Alabama. They stopped this spread, huddle, whatever's going on here in college football. We need fellas that's going to come out here 
and play their tails off. I don't care where they're from. Well, Powell Gordon's going to come here and, and, and play his tail off. Let me tell you. I mean, I, and I'm from Auburn, and I have um, I've been around the programs for for many years now. I mean, I've lived in Auburn for 15, 16 years, and the way that people talk about Powell Gordon's work ethic. Um, I mean, it's 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 something special that they talk about this kid. And I know most recently he was rated as a three star, but you know there are people out there like Jason Caldwell, who's highly respected in the recruiting game, talking about this kid like he's going to blow up. So I hope everybody gives him a fair shot. And then the tackle out of Borgard that we were talking about earlier before the break, the Eston Harris guy, he's got offers from from pretty much every major program out there, but Alabama. But I mean, the teams like Georgia and Auburn and. Uh, some big time Big Ten schools as well that put out offensive linemen to the league. They want that guy. I mean, he's got he's got a twenty plus team offer sheet with a lot of Power Five schools, and Auburn definitely appears to be in the running for him out of Beauregard. The big thing for me about why I like Auburn recruiting local products is when the Rashawn Evans and the Reuben Fosters come around at Auburn High School. You got to make sure you have goodwill built up at the school, and you can't just show up when the Rashawn Evans and the Reuben Fosters show up. You got to be there all the time. And you got to be involved in the community all the time. And so I think this is good will from the coaching staff just to be involved in the community with some of these recruits. Because if you don't do that, then you're going to lose out like you did with Ruben yeah. Foster and Rashawn Evans. Yeah, I guess y'all y'all make a couple good points here. and I guess that calmed me down a little bit. I ain't called in originally. My doctor told me to stay away from things that stress you out. But another <laughs> thing, I'm going to get fired up here in a minute now. Now, what's going on here with this Sharif Cooper? Is he quitting? Is he trying to go to the NBA? Does he not want to play for Auburn anymore? Because it's what's what's the issue with him? Is it is he's it, hurt? Is, it, is, it, is his ankle sprained? Where he can't walk? Is he quitting on the team? I just want to know because ain't a whole lot came about his, about with his injury. If it's serious enough, they would have said something about it. And I just wanted this guy's quitting or not. Because if he's quitting, Bruce Pearl needs to stop trying to bring these guys in. We need guys that will come here that will come and stay and ain't worried about going to the next level. Auburn ain't the steps to. We here to compete for SEC championships. Sharif, I, look, there's no indicator that Sharif Cooper is is quitting on Auburn whatsoever, and and Bruce Pearl's never been one to, he's never been one to rush guys back from injury. And talking about guys going to the next level too, I mean, he he told Isaac Okoro to go. He when Isaac Okoro, uh, you know, was trying to decide whether or not he was going to come back to Auburn, Bruce Pearl said, "Look, man, you got to go." And they, you know, obviously Bruce Pearl would love to have guys like Isaac Okoro come back, but. The NBA doesn't wait for guys, and when the opportunity comes around for a player to go on to the next level, uh, it's pretty consensus around college basketball that guys want to go to the next level and go and, go and play at the NBA. And when you can go as a one and done, or a, as you know, after a sophomore maybe as well, you're going to take that opportunity and go and make that money because there's really no point in staying at college basketball for four years at this point. Because if you do, you're going to miss out on money. The NBA does not like to draft seniors; they don't like to draft juniors. There's a reason why Jared Harper and Bryce Brown are still. Uh, meandering around in the in the G League at the moment but also it's a good thing for Auburn to be sending these guys to the league because it helps boost Auburn's recruiting Auburn doesn't get guys like Jabari Smith if they can't say hey we've sent guys to the NBA because Jabari Smith wants to play in the NBA he doesn't care anything about college basketball he cares about one day playing at the next level because everybody wants to go and play at the professional level that's what Alabama football sells to guys they say hey you're going to play in the NFL after three or four years here. That's why you should come here, and, and not every school can sell that. And I think Auburn's beginning to get to the point now where they can sell guys that they're going to go play in the NBA. Yeah, that's a good point. No, I just I just need Shreve Cooper coming back because I think we got a good chance to beat them booger eaters coming up. Alabama, them joking, show we're struggling right now. What you guys make about that? I don't know if this Nate Oates guys is advertised what they talking about. 
Well, he did. He did bring a lot of life to a program that I don't think I don't think with Avery Johnson would have even sniffed what they've done this year at 18 and six. But Alabama definitely, when they're playing like they are right now, they look like a team that could lose after one game in the NCAA tournament because they're not hitting their shots well. But they remind me a lot of that Auburn team or those Auburn teams that made the NCAA tournament that had Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, and all those guys because they rely so much on the three that when they're living, oh man, they're living the high life. But when they are dying by the three. It is stone cold, dead, pale, like it it is a lifeless offensive body at Alabama. And so it it just kind of depends on what Alabama shows up. But I think we all know that Alabama's gonna come and give their best effort against Auburn because that's that's the nature of the rivalry. Big thing is Auburn does need Sharif Cooper back if they're gonna play and, and and at least have a chance to compete against Alabama because most teams most teams have a hard time even competing, but without their best player, without even a point guard on the roster. I don't think Auburn's got a shot in that game. So they do need Sharif Cooper back. And I, I think it's just an injury thing, and they're not rushing him back. Well, I guess you're all right. We just, we just need that guy to beat them book races over there while they're kicking while they're down. So, <laughs> but um, I'm going to let y'all go. I just I just hope, you know, after Alabama getting Ty Simpson, Harson's got some of these guys in his pipelines too. But appreciate everything and keep up all the hard work. And I guess I'll, I'll call y'all later on. Appreciate it, my man. We hope we don't stress you out too bad. Uh, I know sports radio can do that for a lot of folks. <laughs> so I appreciate it, my man. It's, 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 it's these message boards, man. You know how they like to get on yeah. our skin, but but I'm, 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 doctor's orders I'm trying to stay off of. <laughs> well, Trill, uh, we look forward to your next phone call. Appreciate that. We talk to y'all later. And have a good weekend. Appreciate it, Trill. Thanks for hopping on the phone line with us. If anybody else wants to call in, call in at 334-321-1390. Once again, phone lines are open. And and Trill's right. Sports radio, um, I love it. I'm here for it. Message boards as well. I mean, there's a there's a stressful. Re- there's a reason me and you are sitting in this chair. We obviously love this atmosphere. And he's not wrong. I do understand that I understand that sen- that sentiment. You want to get five stars in. I understand that. But you got to build that rapport somewhere, yep. and I think you have to start somewhere. And Harson is starting from a new position in terms of recruiting at this level in the SEC. You look through his Boise State recruiting uh, records; they really weren't that great in terms of a national landscape. He has the the keys to a car now that he can do that. And man, he he hopped up this one up to what twenty? I think we finished that this year at twenty when he really yeah, had Dylan Brooks was a big one when he really shouldn't have had no shot even sniffing the top thirty with the circumstances coming in that late, I think he's going to be able to get five star, four and five stars a lot easier than uh, people are seeing right now just based off of some of those, some of these circumstances that have been going against him. But I do agree that. It's frustrating. You're seeing your biggest rival across the state bring in five stars left and right. You want to get in on that. You want to get in on that party. You want to sit at that table as well. you, you got to start somewhere. and You can't stress it out even more than we missed out on the Reuben Foster or Sean Evans. Because we didn't have that kind of rapport of national, like national recognition in terms of consistently winning and putting guys in the NFL. The league, that's the point that I, I think really needs to be stressed. If we can consistently put guys in the NFL, or if Auburn can put guys in the NFL and have them succeed in the NFL, not just you know a couple guys here and there who and are, Auburn does. It's just not at the same level. That yeah, they're just not. Alabama's doing it right now. You're they a can couple, sell that. You're putting a couple guys who are making. You know, a couple of guys who are role playing on defense, a couple of guys who are good starters. I mean, you're just not putting guys out there as consistently as Alabama is. But you know what Auburn is doing in basketball? They're putting guys in the league. Exactly, and that's and you Sending see guys that to the next level. You see that in terms of recruiting. You see that's that. why Jabari Smith chose to come to Auburn because he knows he can make it to the league here. And I think 
I think Coach Harson can do that because his system that he's going to be implementing is a little bit more, you know, based around a pro style offense that you would see. It's going it's going to be more friendly for developing guys for the National Football League than Gus Malzahn's really you know high school spread offense that it really was where you weren't developing guys too much for the league as much as just scheming for opens instead of trying to develop guys and getting them in the best position Auburn high school football news here and this is big high school football news across the state considering you know Auburn played in the 7-8 state championship this game I don't like to talk about it still to this day but Auburn high football hiring a new head football coach after Head coach Adam Weingarten took off to go to Tuscaloosa County. They bring in a proven winner, a state championship machine, Keith Etheridge out of Oxford High School. The big O. And before that, I mean, you look at some of his other stops as well, but he, he's a five-time state championship winner. I don't That's think a there's a better hire that Auburn could have made. Through, I, I don't think that in this coaching search, Auburn, I, I don't know how you make a better hire than this when you talk about the championship pedigree and knowing how to win. 10 years at Leeds he started his high school football career in 3A and 4A football Etheridge won four state championships at Leeds he won six region titles he then moved on went to Pell City for a pair of seasons went six and five then went to T.R. Miller down there in Bruton went six and five again those are still three places that do have somewhat of a pedigree for winning but it's not that of Leeds and Oxford he goes to Oxford after T.R. Miller a 6A school went from 3A to 6A and he goes 14-1 and wins a state title in his first year and then last year went 11-2 and and advanced three rounds deep in the playoffs there in the 6A category so what is that down to is that like the elite eight there I guess he would have lost in the final eight teams yeah that's what it seems like so the quarterfinals there he won his area title in both years at Oxford this I, you just you don't get better than this and the fact that he's won a state championship in the last two years in 6a which in my opinion at times 6a and 7a football is, it doesn't get better than that here in this state obviously it's the most competitive there i think that there are some i think there maybe is a little bit more competition throughout in 6a maybe there maybe then there is in 7a just because there's more teams i agree with that i agree there's more teams dude you go 25 and 3 it doesn't matter where you are you go 25 and 3 in two years that's impressive, man. And I mean, you're a beast. You, yeah, and you have the. Pedi- and you want a state championship. Yeah, and you have the pedigree he has. He also loves. He said this is a dream job. He loves what he's getting into right here. I think this is a match made in heaven for Auburn High School. I think he is going to do some great things for this program. Overall, as a head coach, his known record of 150 and 52 as a coach. Obviously, it's hard to keep up with records in high school yeah. football, but it's somewhere around there. You're listening on the line. We wrap up hour number one on the other side of this break. On the line on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM and ESPN 106.7. Back on On the Line, wrapping up hour number one here on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. Noel Gardner and Levi Fitzwater with you. Before we wrap up hour number one here, let's take a listen to what's on TV tonight. Hey everybody, it's Noah Gardner with What's On Tonight. If making your bed seems tedious to you, you might want to check out Shark Tank tonight. A new episode at 7 shows two entrepreneurs who might have a convenient way to make up a bed. Two big hits of the 1980s is on IFC tonight, starting with Molly Ringwald and 16 Candles on at 7, and then Karate Kid wraps up the night on at 9. Friday college basketball begins at 6 on FS1 with Purdue at Penn State. Over on ESPN2, Richmond and St. Louis square off in the Atlantic 10. 
again on ESPNU. North Texas and Marshall will battle it out. At 8 p.m., number 21 Loyola Chicago will host Southern Illinois on CBS Sports Network. On ESPNU, it'll be Northern Iowa at Illinois State. In the Mountain West, you can catch Nevada at Utah State on FS1. In the state, Georgia State and South Alabama square off on ESPN2. The NBA schedule has two games on ESPN. At 6.30, the Pacers and the Celtics. And at 9, the Trailblazers and the Lakers. I'm Noah Gardner, and that's what's on TV tonight. Wrapping up hour number one here on On the Line, keeping you up to date with what's going on at the Round Rock Classic for Auburn baseball. Oh, they are trying to hold on right here. Auburn got out to a 3-0 lead after three innings, and right now in the bottom of the eighth with two runners on and one out, Auburn's still clinging right now to a 3-1 lead against the Oklahoma Sooners. Carson Skipper's day done as well. The Tigers have moved on from him on the mound at the moment. Auburn has, let's see, not Oklahoma stats. We're looking at Auburn stats now. We got Gonzalez on the mound for Auburn. One innings pitched there for him, or one inning pitched there for him, and he's got three hits allowed, no runs, no earned runs. Uh, so he's doing all right right now, but he is a little bit in hot water at the moment with two outs, and uh, or excuse me, with one out and two runners on. So it's 3-1, Auburn in front right now in the bottom of the eighth against Oklahoma, looking to cling to that first victory in the Round Rock Classic as they are once again in front 3-1 on Oklahoma. Cody Greenhill's day ended after 4.1 innings pitched. He, uh, he was dealing with some type of foot injury there. Uh, happened when he was trying to fill the ball off the mound. He had a solid day. He had given up no runs at the time. He was charged with an earned run after he had left the ball game because Carson Skipper comes in, gives up a single, a two-out single, and that's Oklahoma's only run of the day. The stat line's there for Greenhill today. Once again, one earned run, only one run allowed total. He had three strikeouts, three walks, through 4.1 innings pitched. Carson Skipper gives up no earned runs, no runs allowed. He had one hit to him, which was what ended up getting charged to Greenhill. And uh, he had three strikeouts and only one walk. And now Gonzalez is in through 1.1 innings pitched. He has given up three hits, but no runs as well. And now with runners at the corners in the bottom of the eighth, Auburn still leading three to one and two outs. So Oh, <laughs> you just—I mean, the, the the leading runs at the plate, the tying runs are on are on base. So you got to make sure that you you hold on to it here in the bottom of the eighth. We've only got a couple minutes left here in hour number one. Here, about five minutes left. Let's uh, let's get into crunching the numbers with intern Sting, the finance major in the house, knows his way around a calculator and uh, knows his way around some numbers. And you're going to take us through this Auburn Tennessee matchup tomorrow. What numbers do you have for us today? All right, so I was working on the uh, pregame article I, I always write up for these games and just kind of... Can be found on d- RadioAlabamaSports.net, by the way. Woo! Yeah, and just kind of doing a little calculations for Tennessee's games. And I found that when Tennessee's opponent scores more than 70 points in a game, Tennessee is 4-5. and five. Oh, that's not good. And that is interesting. That's a trend. Yeah, their defense allows 62.5 points per game. It doesn't shock me that that is the trend for them, though, because we have seen them score, you know, lose a ball game by a score 52 to 50 before. I always hold on to that. That's just, that is something so ugly that you don't see in this day and age in college basketball. And of course, you still see games in in the 60s, but teams holding opposing or teams holding their opponents to, you know, less than 65 a game. Those are not found often. And Tennessee is one of those teams that fits into that category. They're an elite defensive team in college basketball. The problem is their offense can be equally an opposite to to that defense. They, their offense can be equally bad on the other end of the spectrum. Right, or they can be good sometimes. You just I never mean, know. Yeah, it's it's weird with them. 
So I just kind of figured I was like, so that's a key for Auburn. Is Auburn has got to score seventy plus tomorrow if they want if they want to beat Tennessee. Here's a problem with that. In the month of February, Auburn has scored eighty plus points four times. You want to guess what their record is in those four games? Oh, and four. Yep. Not a single win this month in the month of February uh, since scoring 80 points a game. That's not a good recipe that your defense has been that bad. And we talked with Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer yesterday. Go and find our podcast wherever you get your podcast if you want to go back and listen to that conversation with Justin Ferguson. And he talked about the key to turn around this season right here at the end or trying to salvage it, whatever that means for this squad this year that can't compete in the postseason. You do that by playing good defense and by turning that around with that effort there on that side of the floor and I, I would say that this team put in a better effort against Florida, but still not enough because the offense is going to be crippled without Sharif Cooper on the floor. I don't know if I see a path to victory for Auburn in this game because they're going to turn the ball over an egregious amount. They had 21 turnovers against Florida. That has not been rectified all season long. Auburn has won the turnover battle four times this year, gentlemen. In 24 games, four times. That's terrible. You don't win basketball games that way. And it's not completely their fault. Of course, these guys are being put into positions that they're not used to. Jamal Johnson's running the point. Alan Flanagan's running the point. Those guys are two guards. And Jamal Johnson's a catch-and-shoot guy. He's not even a primary ball handler, typically. And then Alan Flanagan can play the three a lot of times. I I think he probably fits better into the three. three, Yeah, Yeah, he belongs at the three. That's more... That's more based on what his position truly is. And he had six points on 0 for 6 shooting the other night with seven turnovers. I wonder, so, yeah. wonder why. I wonder why. It's because he's playing out of position where he's not comfortable playing with the basketball. And it's not their yeah, fault. I mean, you can, no, you not can at all. tell that. I'll keep saying that over and over again. Do not blame Alan Flanagan for anything that has happened because he is playing out of position, and that is just unfair to just cast judgment on him for poor performance And then like on that. top of playing out of position, playing too many minutes now, I mean, without Cooper. And yeah. you wonder how good this Auburn team would have been if Justin Powell and Sharif Cooper had been healthy all year. Because I think this team, Oof. you'd be looking at a winning record at the moment. And probably several games above 500. I think so, I don't too. know if they would have been a tournament team, but yeah, I definitely sure think either. that like if they were, you know, without the postseason ban, of course, I don't know if they would have been a tournament team. But imagine if those guys, now if both of those players had played all year long, I think they're a tournament team. But if... You know, if we you know give Sharif Cooper entrance date at the Alabama game, of course, and Justin Powell never gets hurt, I think this Auburn team has a winning record by several games above 500 because I think they beat Georgia that second go round. I think they beat Ole Miss at least at once. least once. I think they you know obviously they still beat Vanderbilt. I think they beat Kentucky twice. I, yeah. I just don't think that they lose some of these games that they've lost down the stretch. And I think they have a really good chance to beat Tennessee coming into this game if all of those guys were healthy. But that's why I don't think that this team's in a good headspace going into this final stretch. I don't know if Auburn wins another basketball game this year. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I can see them beating Mississippi State next weekend now that game's been rescheduled. If Sharif Cooper's back, though. Yeah, but... If he's not back, I'm not giving Auburn a favorable rating in any game that they're going into. Nope. And even if Sharif Cooper is healthy, I don't think Auburn beats Alabama next week. Yeah, I'm they, not I sure think either. they can, but I don't think they will. I, I without Shreve Cooper, I don't think this team can. Pull Auburn's out a game. defense is so bad that I could see Alabama doing what they did to Georgia. I could, yeah, hanging 110 on them. I, could, I think it was 115. I could yeah. see them doing. What I don't LSU think it'll did. get to that point. But Auburn's defense is so bad right now that does not bode well for them playing a team like Alabama that's going to try and run the floor yep. and score all on you. Sting, appreciate it, my man. That was crunching the numbers with turn Sting, and that's it for hour number one of On the Line. We'll be back with hour number two on the other side of this break. Stay with us here on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama.
you are on the line live on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga and in Auburn and Opelika on ESPN 106.7. Listen online at foxsports983.com or espnau.com. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater. Join the show by calling 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line with Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater with you on ESPN 106.7 on Fox Sports Central Alabama. Follow ESPN 106.7 on Facebook and Twitter to keep up with the latest going on at the station. On the line, the drive with Bill Cameron. Analysis, news, and more. That's all on ESPN 106.7. Find the website on ESPNAU.com. Great show for you guys today. One hour's in the books. And now we're on wrapping up our week with hour number two here. And we'll keep you up to date once again on what's going on with the Round Rock Classic with Auburn baseball. And oh, buddy, how they got out of a jam. Mason Barnett came in to pitch. He accidentally walked his first batter, and it was bases loaded. Auburn was up three to two, bases loaded, two outs, and he forces the ground out. And Auburn gets out of a jam there, headed to the top nine, up three to two on Oklahoma here. And uh, Auburn will be at the plate now. And then it'll be Oklahoma looking to round it out. And boy, this Auburn team, they were up 3-0 since the third inning. The bats basically died. They had, I think, eight hits after three or four innings. Since then, they've only accumulated one more hit. They've got three runs, nine hits, one error, six left on base. Oklahoma with two runs, eight hits, nine left on base. So Auburn's converted on a little bit more of their scoring opportunities, but not as of late. This Tiger team needing some insurance runs. Yeah, they they need to get on the bats ASAP. They can't keep clean, they cannot keep clinging to a lead like this. They almost let it get away from them, and at the bottom of the eighth. So, gotta get gotta get out. Gotta get the six going right now. Try to get some insurance. Try to get a little bit of cushion and let Barnett close this thing out. Like I said, Mason Barnett on the hill for Auburn. I'm sure he'll be the one closing it out at the end. Barnett at only a, a third of an inning pitch. So- walked to his name but then he got the out as well so he so he had the one put out there with the ground out do you uh do you have who's who's uh up to bat for auburn at the top of the night for this case and howl's up case and howl yeah that's, that's good. on the season he's batting 294 okay 500 on base percentage you got to get that first runner on mm-hmm. they they badly you're they need the, somebody getting on base and they need some insurance runs here you're at the bottom of your lineup you're at the bottom of your lineup you just want to get some production out of that and if you can get a run or two, get a little bit of insurance going into the bottom of the ninth, let Barnett close this thing out, and you can get a good win. Good good game one win at the Round Rock Classic. Just catapult you through the rest of the weekend. That'd be huge. Since they bounced out Oklahoma pitcher Wyatt Olds, Auburn has only gotten two hits. That's it. Auburn jumped on Wyatt Olds, bounced him out after three innings. Olds gave up all three of those runs on seven hits. Walk two guys. That's the Friday starter for Oklahoma that Auburn worked through. And then since then, Jay Godman, five innings pitched, now five and a third innings pitched. And I believe there's your first out of the inning for Auburn. Yep. yep. And so, struck, um, out, uh, struck out looking by Case and Howell. So moving on from that, let's reset the show now, talking some Auburn basketball. Sharif Cooper uh, listed as doubtful by Bruce Pearl going into this game and we've talked a lot about Auburn's mental state going into this game where where they're at right now that's how we ended the first hour Levi now I want to know what's going on with the betting lines for the Tigers at the moment 
That is something I got to look up real quick. Hold on. <laughs> you have, probably haven't been paying attention to it. I was, I, was know, I'm, I had I had the Auburn stat broadcast brought up for baseball. I was keeping yeah. up with baseball over here hey, all morning. Don't you know that there's some guys out there right now, though, that were absolutely fired up, upset about what was going on earlier in the week when Sharif Cooper, oh, like, uh, all of a sudden you just find out like 10 minutes before that he's not playing. And, and there was sharp money out there on that Auburn-Florida game that you were that you were bringing up to me. There were some smart people out there that were thinking – hey, this is a chance for Auburn to bounce back. And some smart people out there were thinking Auburn was going to win that game. Auburn was favored. I mean, they were favored by two. And I was sitting there thinking, that's a generous line because if they're favored in this matchup, there's something something going on there. But then you see Sharif Cooper doesn't play. And all of that, all of that is going out of the window. If you're sitting there thinking, you know what? Auburn has a chance to win this game and he's not playing. All of that goes out the window. You got Auburn coming in. Right now is what I'm looking at for tomorrow. Is they're going to be a five point underdog at home? I think that's generous. I was, that's exactly those were the exact words I was about to say. I think that is really generous. Auburn I think, plays Tennessee really hard though. So. I think I think that's a I think that's a Vegas uh, safe line. If I'm being honest, I think that's a safe line that they're putting. So what out. are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking they're putting that out there with the. They don't want to put it too high, and then all of a sudden Sharif Cooper plays. No, but what are you thinking? I mean, I'm thinking if Sharif Cooper doesn't play, this game gets ugly and it's double digits. I think if Sharif okay. Cooper plays, I think they probably cover that five. Tennessee's defense is scary. It's, Very it's, scary. It's, and if you don't have a point guard on the floor, yeah, I, I think I, it's going to be worse that, than that too. That line is completely contingent upon what Sharif Cooper does. If he plays, they have a good chance to cover. If he doesn't, uh, you're and if he doesn't play, you're going to see that number shoot up, I would say probably to somewhere around like seven and a half, maybe eight, if I'm being honest. Let's head to the phone lines now. we got a caller on the line with us. The number to call, 334-321-1390. And joining us on Fridays, like he likes to, we got Travis with us on the line. Travis, how you doing today, my man? Doing good, guys. How are y'all? We're doing good. We're just happy it's the weekend. That's right. It's Travis Friday. That's right. Need to be calling, sir. Um, hey, I-, I wanted to reference something that caller said in the first hour about Powell Gordon. And, and he's talking about getting talent from everywhere. But I'm telling you, when you get a kid that grew up an Auburn fan, and he commits to the school that he loves, you, I mean, I'd take that kid over any five-star in the country because he actually has a reason to play. This kid isn't just trying to play three years anywhere and get to the NFL. I mean, this is a kid that grew up loving Auburn, and he, he's a hometown kid, and I think he's going to be an all-SEC player someday. Maybe not his freshman year, but by year three or four, I look at him being an all-SEC player. And that would be incredible. And, and I was actually having a conversation with some folks at lunch today uh, talking about this power gordon commitment and you know of course there are a lot of people down on it i mean all you have to do is go out on social media and you see folks saying why is auburn bringing in three-star guys but you know they're bringing in a guy with with heart and a guy with great work ethic and i and i like to bring up you know there have been some great pass rushers go on to the league with humble beginnings i mean even auburn great kevin green was like a walk-on and then you look at tj watt right now for the pittsburgh steelers he was a three-star recruit. J.J. Watt was a walk-on. I mean, you, you talk about there. there's a list of guys out there that people were down on and they worked hard and they ended up being some of the best players at their position to ever play the game when they were at their peak. Yeah, it's about maximizing potential, and I believe that's something that Harson and this staff can do. And, uh, yeah, it don't matter if you're a three-star or five-star. If you love Auburn, I mean, that, if you were or any school, if you love the school that you commit to, I think that makes a huge difference. But, guys, yesterday y'all talking about Bo Nix and – his his pros and cons kind of deal. When this guy steps up in the pocket, do y'all agree that he's one of the best passers in the SEC? Oh, 
I think I see the potential for him to be. The problem is we don't see him do it enough, and he hasn't really done it against any good teams right now. So I'm like, I'm really hesitant to make a statement like that because when radio personalities make a statement like that, we get drug in the mud over that, you know. But I, I know I know the potential you're talking about for him to be that good. I'm not hesitant. I think that, that's accurate. Yeah, I, I, I think he is. My question is that y'all talking about Mike Bobo and developing these quarterbacks. Well, when you got a guy that's ran away and, and been faster than, than everybody he's played against his whole life, and he's getting to college and he tries to do do the same things, is it? Do y'all think it's even possible to teach him to you know slide left or right and step up in the pocket? Because whenever he does that, he's shown flashes of being a very accurate downfield passer. And if he can just get it figured out. Y'all really had the confidence in Mike Bobo to be able to teach him to do that against kind of a simulated pass rush in practice. Yeah, I, th- I think if, if Mike Bobo and Brian Harson can't teach Bo Nix to be a better quarterback, I don't know what coach out there could because these guys have great resumes with quarterbacks and, and at high-profile places too. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know maybe if I should call Boise State a high-profile place, but he's done it repeatedly there. But Mike Bobo's done it at Georgia on a repeated basis as well. And he he's coached guys like Stafford and Murray, you know, so – I if if they can't then I don't know who could maybe Hugh Freeze because Hugh Freeze might be only one of the few better quarterback developers out there in all of college football so I think that that's the kind of stuff that they can teach him for me I I want to see if they can work out some things mechanically in his game that bug me a little bit which is like throwing off of his back foot and if they can try and get a little bit of his uh he leaves the pocket too early and I think that might be because he's seeing ghosts as Levi likes to say so I hope they can work that out of his game too yeah, he's definitely got to get some protection up front. And yeah, uh, guys, last thing, and I'll let y'all go. Why is there no run rule in college baseball? I mean, <laughs> what, what Auburn did to Alabama A and M this week was absolutely brutal. I mean, thirty-three runs. I mean, softball has a run rule. You know, high school does. I know the MLB doesn't because that's their job. That's the only thing they have to do. But I mean, don't y'all agree that there needs to be some kind of run rule? Maybe fifteen runs after seven or something like that. So there, I mean, it's something got to protect the players. There is a run rule in in college baseball but the coaches have to agree on it before the game and they run ruled them on friday but there was no or not not friday in the first game excuse me so in the the first game on tuesday they they run ruled them and they that was agreed upon on wednesday they didn't want to and it just poured on and i i'm with you that's that's not auburn's fault i've seen some people get mad at auburn about this i'm like what do you want them to do just stand at the plate and strike out they, they they rotated like 18 different guys or something like that at the plate. 18 different players batted for Auburn. I mean, Auburn went into the depths of their lineup. It, it's, it was a giant talent gap between the two teams. I'm not faulting Auburn for, for going out there and, and, and making the most of their at-bats and whatnot. It's the NCAA's fault that there's not like a hard run rule, like you're saying, that like every team, regardless of coaches, agreeing to it. Like, this is the rule. If, you know, it's 10 after 7 or 15 after 7, that's it. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate y'all, and uh, I enjoy listening to you all week. And I appreciate calling. I appreciate y'all letting me call on Fridays. And uh, we'll talk to y'all next week. War Eagle. Looking forward to it, my man. Appreciate it. That was Travis on the line with us. And if you want to call in, call in at three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Levi, you're raising your you're you're raising your hand so nicely. What's going on? I disagree with y'all. I don't think there should. What? I don't think there should be a run rule at all. I don't. I think that I, that's loser mentality to me. I don't think so. <laughs> I'll quote Cam Newton: "If you don't want me to dance in the end zone, stop me. If you don't want me to score thirty three runs, stop me. I don't care. Run so, it up." I love your opinion on the fact that like folks shouldn't be upset with Auburn about winning thirty three to zero there no. because they shouldn't. But 
my thing is though baseball could become technically an endless game right like the game of baseball could technically if you just kept playing and nobody could ever get an out that it could go on for days that's fine that's not fun. That's fine with me. I mean, we've got lives. Tennis, we've got other baseball games tennis to play. Can, tennis can do that. I mean, you you set up Eisner and Mahout. They're going to go for days. You remember that matchup from you know? And cricket can do that. All I'm saying is, at some point, there has to be a finite end. And nope. I think I think 15 after seven is a good mark. And a lot of times, sometimes uh, sometimes it's 10 after seven. I think 15 after seven is a good mark that everybody should have to follow. I don't agree with that. If you really want to end it, you can just leave. I mean, if you, if you feel like it's that bad, just leave. Just walk <laughs> off and leave. I mean, you said, oh, we can't get an out. Okay, if you're tired, you're just saying, leave. So, you just go so home. So you want the submission rule. You want they have to forfeit. Yeah, if, I mean, if it's, if it's 33 to nothing, you're like, I really don't want to do this anymore. Just leave. And who's stopping you? Not me. We'll go out there. We'll toss it up and keep hitting runs on you. That's... That's interesting. You want you well, want I, submission. Also, I think the college football the overtime rule is dumb as well. I, like I want to see them go to 10, 15, 20 overtimes. I don't ever want it to end. More football, less basketball, less baseball. Let's go. That's funny. That is funny. Keeping up with what's going on at the Round Rock Classic right now staying on the topic of baseball. We are in the bottom of the ninth inning. Auburn up 3 to 2 on Oklahoma right now. Mason Barnett on the mound. One runner on base for Oklahoma, one out. Double play ends this thing. That's where we're sitting at right now. Auburn wasn't able to get any insurance runs despite one hit in the top of that ninth inning. They are clinging desperately right now to this lead. And I think the story in this ballgame, if you're talking about it, Auburn going out there, bolstering themselves with a quick 3 nothing lead, bouncing out wide old. Since then, they haven't done anything. But Auburn was the better team in the first three innings. Since that point, the story of this ballgame, fourth inning on for both of these squads, despite the fact that Oklahoma has chipped away at it. And Oklahoma's been the better team, obviously, since the fourth inning at plating runs. Both of these teams leaving a ton of guys on base. Auburn's got 10 hits today, but they've left seven guys on base. Oklahoma with nine hits, they've left nine guys on base. It's just, it happens to be the fact at the end of the day, now with Oklahoma with two guys on base with one out, they're runners at the corners now. Um, this game definitely getting to a, a dangerous point for Auburn. When you're looking at it with with nine guys left on base for Oklahoma, they've been worse at that, and that's what's hurt them. But they could get the last laugh here as it's coming down to the wire. Still talking about some other news happening in high school football before we get out of here. If, if you haven't heard yet and you're around the state and you love your high school football, Auburn High School finally makes their head coaching hire. They're bringing in Oxford head coach Keith Etheridge. And what a big pull that is for Auburn High School because this guy's a five-time state championship winner. And I don't know if there's a better hire than this out there in high school football in terms of, of taking somebody who has won at this level repeatedly. Maybe not 7A, but he's won at, at high levels of football repeatedly. He's won. I mean, he's, cons- he's a consistent winner coming from the Big O. I mean, what, what more can you ask for? Back with more of On the Line in just a moment. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater. We'll be right back. You're on the line with Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater on ESPN 1067 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. Phone lines are open. Call in at 334-321-1390. Find Levi and I on Twitter at PointGardner at Levi Fitzwater. Keep up with all of the content the show is putting out on RadioAlabamaSports.net and on the Radio Alabama Sports Facebook page. Follow it on Twitter as well at, at Radio AL Sports. It's the place to be for Auburn and Alabama content as well as high school sports content. Once again, that's RadioAlabamaSports.net. Time for a fun little segment that we started last week called Playing the Line. This is basically over-under, and we've created some statistics here for you to pick against. 
And uh, I've got seven for you guys, a mixed match of basketball and baseball here. And so basically you'll pick over or under on these lines that I've put on several statistics for Auburn baseball and basketball this weekend and uh keeping people up to date with once again what's going on with the round rock classic oklahoma did end up tying the ball game it's in the bottom ninth right now with two runners on and two outs a sack fly tied it up it's three to three in the bottom nine and it is oklahoma at the plate with that winning run over at second base only uh 180 feet away so you've, you've got some work to do right there but auburn still clinging to at least to, to, to some life right now but this definitely looks like it's favoring oklahoma at the moment especially after auburn was up 3-0 since the third inning and they have been ice cold at the plate only two hits since that fourth inning mark but let's get into playing the line here sting you're on with us now intern sting back in after doing crunch of the numbers with sting it's take two for you here let's get it going right now au runs so auburn runs this weekend across the entire course of the weekend and since we've already seen three here today but Auburn baseball runs over the weekend I'm setting the line at 18 so six a game was the mark that I was setting it at and right now Auburn only with three and the game's almost over I think I'll go under after today I would probably say under as well but Levi I'm still thinking about it Life's too short to bet the over. Life is too short. You always go over, over. They're going to come out tomorrow and they're going to hit. They're going to come out Sunday and they're going to hit. The bats are going to be on fire. Well, the thing is, Texas A&M has the best staff ERA out of every team in this thing. That's on Sunday, but you expect some arms to be spent. So that'll benefit Auburn to the plate on Sunday. And then Baylor has the worst team ERA out of everybody. It's horrible. 7.2 and they played UT Rio Grande Valley last week that's horrible that yeah. you got a 7-2 era what i think auburn gets that 18 tomorrow <laughs> all 18 tomorrow there you go yep. there you go easy i don't know what to do i'm gonna go under i'm gonna go under i'm a little i'm a little disappointed at auburn's plate effort today now they've hit the ball they've gotten 10 hits yeah, today they've, they've hit the ball they just left guys on base seven of them play, to be have attacked. not been playing runs today and that is a killer so I'm going to go the under with Sting. I don't know if I'm confident that Auburn's going to plate 15 over the next two days. Yeah, I just that doesn't mean that I think Auburn games. loses the next two games. I just don't know if they're going to just absolutely smash the ball over the next two days. Which you're looking at seven, seven and a half runs is the mark now, the pace that you have to set over the next two. I don't know if Auburn does that. Um, my expectations of this Round Rock Classic may be shifting now that Auburn might be about to lose this Friday game, but we'll see how Auburn bounces back if they lose. So we don't know yet. It's still just tied 3-3. Three to three. We'll see how it goes down. All right, the second line here, Auburn's opponent runs over the weekend. So I've set that line at 15 for Auburn baseball. How many runs are they going to give up this weekend? 15 is the line. I think that'll be under two just because I think Auburn will win the next two. And they've only given up three today, so you got to basically set the mark at six, or it'll have to be more than this for Oklahoma to win. So it's about six runs a game over the next two days for Auburn baseball. Yeah, I'm going to go with under. I think they're going to be I thought, I thought life was too short for yeah. the over yeah but this that's for uh, the under excuse me yeah but that's when you're talking about good things <laughs> that's good i will go under as well i like what auburn's going to put out there over the next two days now i don't know if we're going to see mason barnett as the starter on sunday it's very possible he's right now on the mound for auburn getting uh you know running his pitch count up quite a little bit he's at 36 already today so i don't know if we see him as a starter on sunday but um you know we'll see we will see tomorrow it's richard fitz but i'll go with the under as well because i'm still looking at this as being an opportunistic weekend for auburn regardless of result here in the round rock classic today against oklahoma innings pitched for fitz tomorrow i've set it at six what are you guys thinking at 
Ooh. Am I allowed to push today? Yeah, I was going to say push no. is not an option, right? No, and, I, and I think this Auburn pitching staff and this Auburn coaching staff wants to see these guys go a little bit farther than what they did. And, and both Greenhill and Fitz went five innings last week. I think they're going to try and see some longevity out of these guys because I think they began to struggle the second go through of the lineup, you know, hinging on going into that third run through. Once they got to that fifth inning, fourth inning, maybe they started looking like they were hitting a wall in terms of pitch count. I think they're trying to extend that this weekend. I'm going to take the over for Fitz. Yeah, I think he convinced me. I'll go over. I'll go seven innings or maybe six and a third. I mean. But keep this in consideration who he's going against tomorrow. Baylor with a team 333 hitting going into this series. Yeah, I don't want to hear about all them smart people stats. Give me the over. I like it. So we're all going to go over on Fitz. I, I, this is a record, legitimizer. I think it's going to be six and make like six and a third or so. Like I think he'll be around okay. six inning marks, but I'm still going over. This is a legitimizer game for Richard Fitz. Everybody's talking about how great he could be this year. Let's see you shut down one how, of the better teams at the plate this weekend in college baseball. Could, how great he could be in the major leagues. I mean, he's a top yep. prospect right now. A first round draft pick potentially. So yep. let's see what he can do against a team like Baylor. Uh, you know, betting. 333 right now after three games that's pretty high it wasn't against a good team but they do have statistically and all of these teams haven't played good squads yet statistically right now uh amongst all these teams playing bad schools baylor's looked the most impressive at the plate despite the fact that albert did you know play 51 runs in the midweek but you know <laughs> that doesn't happen too often auburn wins this weekend all right it's, it's tied 3-3 right now in the bottom nine against oklahoma i've set the line at two and a half does albert sweep the weekend or take two or less under i think they're gonna lose here to oklahoma that's fair things aren't trending in the right direction levi grimaces at you but i'm going i would up. love to be wrong i'm going over free baseball is gonna happen i have i have all the confidence in the world that free baseball is gonna happen baseball that we don't have to pay for by the way i mean it's free you don't have to pay for those extra innings. you only pay for nine innings you don't pay for the other ones if you chose to pay to watch the broadcast online which i have not chosen to do that <laughs> i mean just in life in general you're not paying for these right now these are free innings well, look at that what did i tell you yep, what did i tell you extra innings free baseball oh, wow. at the round rock classic we did not have to pay for any of this baseball that we're about to get right now nobody had to pay for it it's free over two and a half lock it in hammer it home it's over and done with mason barnett ice in his veins did allow the tie in that final inning did not come away with the close there but with bases loaded, he got out of the jam and uh, got it with a strikeout, too, on a 2-2 count. Man, that is – Auburn's Ooh. playing with fire right now, but they are coming back to the plate with a chance to try and re-exert control. I'm going with the under this weekend. I'm with Sting. This isn't looking good for Auburn baseball right now, but I could be wrong. I could are, be wrong. Are there better two words in sports than free baseball? <laughs> the free football, free basketball. <laughs> game, game seven. I mean, game seven's a good one, but I'll yeah. take free baseball right here because I'm not having to pay for any of this baseball right now. All right, Auburn men's basketball now. Talking about their game tomorrow against Tennessee. Sting, you said it at 70 as the line to, for Auburn that they needed to get to. And they crunching the numbers, you said they got to score 70 to win. I've said it at 68. Auburn men's basketball points against Tennessee, 68. Do they hit the over or the under? Under. If Cooper doesn't play. If he does play, I think they go over just because they push the tempo against yeah. Tennessee. Need to be a little conditional that's, there. That's like, the problem here, that we're fighting, we're trying to decide. Well, he's doubtful, so yeah, I'm going trying, under as well. Right, and they scored 54 against Florida, and Tennessee's better than Florida is. At least I think they scored 57 against Florida. 57, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it was 57. Come on, give them, give them the extra three points. They had to yeah. work really hard for three more points without yeah, Sharif Cooper did. out there. They did. They did have to work hard for those points. I am going to go on the assumption that Sharif is not playing. And unfortunately, I am going with the over, baby. It's easy. Auburn's so does Auburn get this. win? 
No, but Auburn gets to 69, a nice score of 69, and they're going to uh, you know, get the over. I'm going under as well. I think this Auburn team is going to struggle to get out of the 60. 68 is a hard point, though, because uh, I think it could land at 68. I think that was a really good line set there. But we'll keep going here. Auburn turnovers. I put it at about their season average of 17 here. Oh, man. I'll You're go over. Me. Life's too short to bet the <laughs> under. I'll go over. They're playing a defense that plays they're, they're typically used to playing a little bit slower of a game so teams don't turn the ball over as much because there's not as many opportunities to do so but tennessee's defense has got to be licking their chops against what auburn's been putting yeah. on tape offensively without sharif they, cooper they, they turned it over 21 times to zen i'll go over over 17 i think they turned the ball over way too much auburn does and we've hit that all year i think something's going to happen here you, you hit on it earlier it's, it's nothing that i can really quantify but auburn plays tennessee well in the bruce pearl tenure I think they play a little bit safer. I'm thinking around maybe like 15 or 16 turnovers tomorrow. Do they win the turnover battle then? Absolutely not. They never will win the turnover battle ever again. I don't know if Auburn's. I don't know if the game's going to be played at a pace for Tennessee to turn the ball over that much. They really don't turn the ball over a whole no. lot. Their no. offense just can't make shots. So I don't know if I'm there, but maybe I am a little skewed right now. But I'm I'm just expecting a bad weekend altogether. So oh, I mean I am too. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say they play. A, I think. If I'm looking at it on paper, I think Auburn should come into this game and just get absolutely hosed. But I, I think the whole Bruce Pearl, they play better against Tennessee thing. I think they'll play a little tougher. Tennessee also has been wildly inconsistent at times this year. I think Auburn can ride the ship and play a little better. They can hit that over and uh, for the points and hit the under for turnovers. We got one more here. Woo. Auburn field goal percentage, 42%. Under <laughs> that's under by a mile. That is that, under by a mile. Really, they, uh, I don't know if y'all know how like easy it is to shoot better than forty two percent. Now without Sharif Cooper on the floor, eh, maybe well, it's it pretty brutal. How many three point shots are? I say it depends on what they. It depends on where they shoot. If they come out and start trying to jack threes up, then yeah, yeah they're they it's going to be under. But if they actually try to play inside out like we should, so you, you, and you, we're all going under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just like I haven't seen them want to take the like thirty six percent. Yeah, if they somewhere around like thirty one three pointers again. Yeah, it's just it, what shots. If if they play inside out like they should, that number will be over. If they yep. go, if they just start jacking threes up like we've seen them do throughout this year, it's going to be under. As simple as that. In Tennessee, in terms of blocking shots, they're not one of the more impressive teams in college basketball. At that, four point six blocks per game. They're, once again, still got to be protecting their rim well to only allow 62 points a game or 62.5 points a game. But Tennessee plays the game at a slower brand of basketball. Auburn should be looking to work it inside because Tennessee's going to Tennessee's going to frustrate Auburn from a defensive perspective if because they're going to slow the ball game down. And Auburn can't just be shacking up threes. They're going to have to figure out a way to unlock Tennessee in the paint. We'll be back with more of On the Line on the other side of this break. Stay with us. Stay on the line. More of the show when we come back. Back on On the Line, Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater with you here on your Friday afternoon on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. We're 30 minutes out from the drive with Bill Cameron. Listen to the drive with Bill Cameron every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. following On the Line on ESPN 106.7. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama, Bill and Dan are going to take your calls, diving into all the latest and hottest stories in Auburn athletics and beyond. Once again, from 4 to 6 p.m., that's the drive with Bill Cameron coming up today at the top of the hour at 4 p.m. So uh, that, that's something to look forward to. We got a lot of local sports content, but also starting on Monday, something that we want to 
something that we want to bring up to everybody that's new programming coming on on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. You got the Max Roundtable coming up here on Mondays out of Montgomery uh, with Charlie Trotman and, and Doug Amos and the guys out there. So that's something to look forward to here on your local radio airways. You got 11 to 6 p.m. local sports talk radio between the Max Roundtable you got on the line and you got the drive with bill cameron all day long we're talking about what you want to talk about on the radio so make sure you tune in starting monday uh with that stellar all-star lineup we're pumped to be here with you and uh join us once again on the line every weekday 2 to 4 p.m and find the podcast wherever you get your podcast it's now time for some college basketball picks and stay before you hit that uh there you go break down the hot kill bit or else you're gonna blow out our eardrums here we go let's go with some uh college basketball hits hit the hot key my man there we go we can bring it up a little bit there we go all right here we go number 14 texas at number 18 texas tech we got eight games for people to pick here sting you're on the line with us now to pick some college basketball games we got three picks here we'll try to get a graphic up for you guys soon this weekend number 14 texas at number 18 texas tech 11 a.m cbs and man i'll tell y'all 1 p.m and earlier good luck trying to figure out which game you're gonna watch because it is a i already said stellar lineup earlier it's a stellar lineup of college basketball this saturday who wants to go first I'll go first. Yeah, well, let's think about it. Texas Tech. Ooh, it's a tough one. I think I'm going to go, well, I'm going to go with Texas. Why? I'm, I'm Put just you on the feeling spot. It. Yeah, I, I think Texas Tech is not, just not as good. I mean, they've kind of been weird this year for me. I think it, I think they're like six and six in the Big Twelve, right? I mean, they they've actually I think are six and uh, I think they're seven and seven now. Come to think of it, let's go. Look. They're six and seven. Excuse me. Yeah, I know it's on the road, but I, I I just think Texas wins this one. I'm gonna go with the home favorite, Texas Tech, favored by three in this game. I think Texas put a lot of energy into that game the other night against Kansas, a big hard fought game that they ended up winning down the stretch. I think at home. I think you got to go with Mac McClung and Tumbleweed University easy. <laughs> They're used to shooting those it tumbleweeds, right? There. Yeah. I picked Texas last week, and I got burned. They lost by two to West Virginia. Put up a great fight. Made it look like a great pick, especially after they had kind of been rocky for a little while. But I like Texas Tech to win this game at home. Something that KimPom.com evaluates when teams you know kind of lose close in games that they should be winning or, or you know they're, they're one of the most unlucky teams in all of college basketball according to KimPom.com sitting at 25th in his efficiency margin ratings but they're 323rd in luck they're like Auburn basketball losing a ton of games close that maybe there's a little bit of a deviation away from how they were supposed to play that Texas Tech team at 14 and 8 but they're battle tested and they've lost to some of the best teams that college basketball has to offer I like them at home with their defense I'm having a hard time trusting Texas on the road in a in a basketball environment that Texas can put out there excuse me that Texas Tech can put out there uh I I as well will go with Tumbleweed University Texas Tech getting the W there get your guns up Auburn Tennessee this weekend what are you guys thinking Tennessee why (laughs) I just I don't I don't don't believe in Auburn without Sharif Cooper or Justin Powell I mean I was I watched the whole game Tuesday and they just they turned the ball over too much. They took too many three-point shots. So they've been doing that even with Shreve Cooper. So, Levi, do you have any rays of sunshine? No, I don't think Shreve Cooper's going to play. I don't think they're going to win this ball game. I think it'll be a little bit closer than we're thinking because on paper I'm looking at it. I think this. But didn't game you pick Auburn last week? I did. I did pick Auburn last Oof. week. I got burned a little bit. I Oof. went against the grain. I wanted to kind of fight with y'all a little you bit. You had but. other good picks though, especially that Duke one. Wink, yeah, wink. a lot of them were bad, but the Duke one. 
pretty saucy. Yeah, I'm gonna go Tennessee here. I just don't think that I don't think Auburn's gonna have enough. Now watch out for this if they do actually try to attack inside and not just win from the three-point line. I think they could actually do some damage and maybe keep this thing close. But if they just start jacking up threes, it's it's over. 11 a.m. on ESPN is this game. Number Ooh. 25, Tennessee at Auburn. Crack of dawn. I think this may be one of the best. You're going to get Auburn's best efforts over these next two games, but it still isn't going to be enough to beat Tennessee without Sharif Cooper because Tennessee's defense, it is third in Ken Palm's defensive efficiency rankings. These guys are not going to have a hard time locking Auburn out in this ball game. Auburn, Auburn will be lucky to reach 70 if they do. They'll be happy probably if they can you know, find a way to squeeze this one out. Auburn will win this game if they can play lights-out defense because Tennessee's offense leaves a lot to be desired. Sometimes they could disappear completely. Once again, look back at that Ole Miss game where they lost 52-50. to That's just a prime example of Tennessee basketball. They lost last week to Kentucky by was scored 55 points. It happens. Tennessee's offense disappears, especially on the road. But I don't know if Auburn's defense is really going to be up to the challenge. I'll take Tennessee as well in this one. We've got number five, Illinois, and number 23, Wisconsin, at one on ESPN. Well, that's a good. That's going to be a good one. Surprising loss by Illinois to Michigan State there the other night. But I think they bounce back. I think they're a really good team. I think, I think the Illini win. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sold on Wisconsin. I think they've been kind of a smidge of a pretender in the Big Ten. I think they've kind of feasted on the bottom tier teams in the Big Ten. They have a couple good wins, but I think they're a bit more of a pretender than Illinois is. I don't hold that loss against Michigan State to them as much as I did at the time it happened. I mean, look no further than the last times that they played good teams. They lost to Iowa 77-62, Michigan 67-59, to and Illinois 75-60. to Exactly. I just don't think Wisconsin... I think Wisconsin's pretenders. I'm not going to hold that game against Michigan State against Illinois because... Michigan State started to turn the corner like a lot of these traditionally good college basketball programs to turn on the end of the year. I'm going to take the fighting Illini to back, bounce back, and yeah, I don't think Wisconsin's – I think they're a bit of a pretender. I think Illinois got this. Only thing that could hurt Illinois here is having to go on the road. Yeah, that, but both that's of these what I was worried I was worried about that as well. In terms of defense, both of these teams are about the same quality. The big difference here is Illinois' offense – has the ability to explode on you right now. They're averaging 81.5 points a game. I'll take the big difference there in the offense and the team that's able to move the basketball a little bit better than what Wisconsin maybe is accustomed to at the moment. Another high-profile 1 p.m. game. LSU at number 20, Arkansas on ESPN2. LSU-Arkansas, who I don't know. I, I kind of wrestled with this one because I really liked what I saw from Arkansas the other night. But then again, there's the nature of the topsy-turvy SEC right. this year, which is hard to hard to evaluate. Yeah, LSU's kind of kind of spooky good sometimes, but you know I think I am gonna go with the Hogs at home. Go Arkansas. LSU followed up their win over Armour with a 91 to 78 loss to Georgia, which makes me want to puke. That reinforces my pick then. <laughs> but Arkansas on a five-game winning streak, so you wonder if the blustery nature of the SEC could sweep them up again. This team has trended upwards. Um, you know they're they're holding on to hope that maybe Auburn can pull an upset maybe Mississippi State can pull an upset over their next two to try and catch a share of the regular season title I don't think that's going to happen but I think Arkansas at home on the win streak that they're playing at right now fundamentally they're a better basketball team than LSU at the moment that centers on the defensive end of the floor LSU thinks defense is optional Arkansas on the other hand they do they play at such a fast pace that they give up a decent amount of points but they know how to force turnovers they can block shots they've got some hustle stats there i like this arkansas team at home do you hear that do you hear that oh no i'm going with the hogs at home baby it's easy 14 and 1 at home this year lsu 3 and 5 on the road it's a mismatch arkansas's got this they're hot right now 
Going with the hog. Why, why not just, why, yeah, why not just go with Woo Pig? Woo man? Pig Suey, go hogs. <laughs> I don't know if that's a noise that people want to hear. <laughs> I like it. I can almost smell the, the pig right now the in bacon? the room. Ugh. No, they, this is not a pleasant nice. smell. <laughs> Oklahoma taking on Oklahoma State. The Sooners are at home and ranked seventh in the country, 2 p.m. ABC. Oklahoma. Katie Cunningham's a great player, but I honestly I think Oklahoma is a sleeper pick for the Final Four. There, I said it. Whoa. Not surprising. Big 12 is pretty loaded this year. I think I'm going to go with the home team as well. I kind of like the Oklahoma Sooners in this one. I agree. I think Cade Cunningham is a beast. Obviously going to be the top, the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. Oklahoma State, big win at home in the midweek. They're a good basketball Texas team. Tech. They're 15-6 they and 8-6 and they, six in conference play. That's a better record than Texas Tech at the moment. And go look at some of their losses. A lot of those losses are really close. A lot of those losses are pretty close losses. I mean, they've been playing pretty well, pretty good basketball. I mean, if you watch that Texas Tech thriller the other night, it's a good basketball team. I just think Oklahoma has a little too much that Oklahoma State can't get past. Once again, I stand by college basketball as an enigma this year. Oklahoma State is 15-6 and six and 8-6 and six overall. And Texas Tech is sitting at 14 and 8 and 6 and 7 overall in conference play and they're ranked 18th and Oklahoma State's not ranked and they just beat them they did now in overtime that is but they did beat them and they did it at home but this Oklahoma State team now for the first time in three games is headed away from Stillwater I think that changes things a little bit for him so I'm going to take OU at home if this game was in Stillwater I'd take I would take the pokes in this one but because on the road I'm liking the Sooners we got time for one more game here. We'll make it quick. Florida at Kentucky, 3 p.m. CBS. Ooh, that's a tough one. Because you don't know what Kentucky team's going to show up. Yeah, you and really Kentucky don't. beating Tennessee last weekend. This Kentucky team's a team in the SEC that I feel like is trending upwards. Earlier in the show, I said there are SEC teams that are trending up and there are SEC teams that are trending down. I think that this is a game of two SEC teams that are trending up at the moment. I think um. I think I'm going to go with Kentucky. Kentucky on a three-game win streak. Florida on a two-game winning streak. Yeah, I'm going I'm going with the Cats here. I mean, it's easy. I think that they're going to win at home. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites here. Watch out. Kentucky winning the SEC tournament and making a deep tournament run after they oh shock the goodness. world. Rawr, the Wildcats. You're joking on the winning the SEC tournament, right? Not at all. This is easy. All the what? Blue Bloods are back, baby. So they're all just going to play their way into the NCAA tournament. Yep. Sure. I'm going to take Florida in this one. A little bit more uh, to like, I think, about their offensive prowess. But then again, Kentucky, two of their last three games, they've scored 80 points. Scratch that. Four of their last – or three of their last four, excuse me, they've scored 80 points. So that's on an uptick for them as well. But I still trust this Florida team coached by Mike White. I like this group a lot. Trending upwards, 12-6, 8-5 in conference play. I think this Florida team has a lot to play for, and they take it on the road to Rupp Arena. We'll uh, wrap up these picks on the other side of this break here on On the Line. On the line on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM and ESPN 106.7. Wrapping up the show here on On the Line, Noah Garner and Levi Fitzwater with you on your Friday afternoon. Keeping you up to date with what's going on at the Round Rock Classic for Auburn Baseball. Bottom 10, two runners on base, two outs. We're tied at three. Oklahoma at the plate right now. Auburn bringing in a new pitcher, Hayden Mullins coming into the ball game for the Tigers in exchange for Thomas. And before that, it was Mason Barnett. 
and uh, they are desperately needing this last out. Auburn is just to try and send it to the 11th. Auburn was up by by three runs in this ballgame. It was 3-0 after the third, and from that moment on, Oklahoma has been the much more dangerous team. In the bottom of the ninth inning, Oklahoma was able to tie the game up with two outs. Auburn was just about out of this thing, and uh, now bases are loaded after a walk. So bases loaded, 3-3, bottom 10 for Auburn, Oklahoma, and uh, Oklahoma looking like much more the dangerous team over these two teams uh, when they've got almost equal box scores right now of three runs apiece 11 hits apiece one error to Auburn none to Oklahoma Oklahoma's left 12 on base Auburn only eight so that's what I'm saying Oklahoma's been a little bit more dangerous putting guys on base and once again Auburn in a bases loaded jam needing to get out trying to hold on to it but before we wrap up the show let's take a listen to what's on TV tonight Hey everybody, it's Noah Gardner with What's On Tonight. If making your bed seems tedious to you, you might want to check out Shark Tank tonight. A new episode at 7 shows two entrepreneurs who might have a convenient way to make up a bed. Two big hits of the 1980s is on IFC tonight, starting with Molly Ringwald and 16 Candles on at 7, and then Karate Kid wraps up the night on at 9. Friday college basketball begins at 6 on FS1 with Purdue at Penn State. Over on ESPN2, Richmond and St. Louis square off in the Atlantic 10. On ESPNU, North Texas and Marshall will battle it out. At 8 p.m., number 21, Loyola Chicago will host Southern Illinois on CBS Sports Network. On ESPNU, it'll be Northern Iowa at Illinois State. In the Mountain West, you can catch Nevada at Utah State on FS1. In the state, Georgia State and South Alabama square off on ESPN2. The NBA schedule has two games on ESPN. At 6.30, the Pacers and the Celtics. And at 9, the Trailblazers and the Lakers. I'm Noah Gardner, and that's what's on TV tonight. Wrapping up on the line now, Noah Gardner, Levi Fitzwater with you. We got intern Sting with us on right now, making some college basketball picks. We've done six of our eight in our previous segment. And with about six minutes before we head out of here, 10 minutes until the drive with Bill Cameron follows us, we got two more college basketball picks coming. Sting, hit that hotkey, my man. There we go. All right, here we go. Last two picks now. We got Duke at home, who is hot right now, hosting Louisville, 5 p.m. ESPN tomorrow. I'm going to go with Duke, unfortunately. They, Why do you say unfortunately? Are you a part of that crowd that yeah, uh, I don't, loved I don't. that documentary, I Hate Duke? He, he, hates, it was he hates all the blue bloods. He yeah. hates the blue bloods. I don't, I don't like the blue bloods, but I can't deny that Duke is playing great basketball right now, and I think that, I think they're going to win. Would you buy GameStop stock too? <laughs> no, actually. Uh, Levi, go ahead. So when you're looking at this and you're looking at the bracketology, this is actually a huge game. Louisville is sitting on that last four buys line, and then you have Duke on the next four out. Duke also one of only three undefeated teams in the country, if you consider, you know, they're two and zero since Jalen Johnson quit on the program. This Duke, this Duke team is now getting their stuff right. They're playing Duke basketball, easily one of the four best teams in the country. They should be a number one seed, but they won't get it. Duke by a million. It's easy. I think about six games ago, yeah, six games ago, I think for Duke, those two teams played, and Louisville beat Duke by five. Since then, Duke is a completely different basketball team. Jalen Johnson left. He was holding everybody back. Different Duke team, I'm telling you. Final four bound. Final four bound. It's easy. I wasn't believing you about the Virginia game last week. I'm a believer right now with this Duke team. And the thing is, they're not just like – it wasn't just like a fluke with that Virginia game to me because they played some middle-of-the-pack schools – around that Virginia game like NC State Wake Forest Syracuse beat them all by double digits and it wasn't close this Duke team once again looks like they're on the uptick headed towards the top of the ACC at nine and six in conference play 11 and eight overall Duke's trying to play themselves into the tournament and I'm beginning to think that they're going to get there I do think that their pedigree and their name should get them a little love in the NCAA tournament because they're playing really well right now they look like they're living up to the recruiting classes they brought in Uh, so I'll take Duke as well last pick here 
Baylor, Kansas, second-ranked Bears on the road at the 17th-ranked Jayhawks. Got to go with Baylor. Until they lose, I'm going to keep picking them. I like that logic. I mean, I think think Kansas has been playing a lot better as of lately since that Tennessee game. They've been playing really well. I think the only loss they have since that Tennessee game is to Texas the other night on the road. Played them very close. This Kansas team, like all the other Blue Bloods and, you know, teams that are – traditionally powerhouses year in and year out. Kansas is starting to put it together. They're starting to play well. They're at home. I think this is where the Baylor Bears fall. I think Kansas got them with the upset today. Oh! Or Saturday, not today. But yeah, I think Kansas is going to come in. They're going to win. They're playing a lot better. They're at home. If if Baylor loses a game, it's going to be this one. I'm going Baylor as well as Sting is. It's, it's tough to pick against them. They're, I, they're, I, such a, they're such an overwhelming team. It is his logic completely. I'm picking them until they lose, and I'm still probably picking them after that. I probably will not pick against Baylor this year until maybe I get to the NCAA tournament at the end with Gonzaga and Baylor in the national championship. I don't know how you can pick against those two, Levi. <laughs> I'm going to look down on you, and I'm going to sit there and look down on you from my, from my pedestal as I win that game tomorrow and then once final four time comes around and duke's in the final four duke and kentucky final four bounce gonna be easy that's Ugh, easy that'd be sickening what if michigan state makes it too and they're all like you know only like six well, games above 500 well, the other day that's uh, what me and sting were talking about i said what would be the perfect narrative for a season where it was just headlined by all the blue bloods being bad and they, they all, all made it. And finally. then they all made they all it. make it back. Yeah, <laughs> they what never play together. They're never yeah. all in the final four together. What if they all make it in a year that everybody wrote them out? That the would worst be, thing. Kentucky ever. goes on and wins the <laughs> SEC tournament. Like that's you know, it's yeah, Kansas, happen. Kentucky, Duke, and uh, Carolina, stop. Yeah, yeah, or Michigan State. Either one of those. That's going to happen. I'm telling you. That's let's that's exclude Kansas to. from that because North Carolina has been worse than Kansas this year. So you got True. North Carolina, Duke, Michigan State, and Kentucky. And that Final Four, that's gross. Oh, that sounds great. That's great TV money right there. Guys, I, love it. I have bad news. Yeah, I see. It's going to happen. <laughs> well, no, I've got bad news. Stink, you haven't realized it yet. Auburn lost. Oh, well, I'm in. And so, Levi, you're, you're playing the line pick of Auburn sweeping the weekend. It's out. Yeah, it's out. Uh, I still think Auburn wins out the rest of the yeah, weekend. I though, think they win the next Which I two. think you should be satisfied. But I will say this. Losing 4-3 to three to Oklahoma this way after being up 3-0, to zero, I'm disappointed. And a lot of it centers around the plate. And once again, why did Auburn lose a baseball game like this against Incon- a good team? Because they didn't get it done at the plate in the batter's box. Inconsistently. We talked about how they were hitting in spurts the other night. You want to talk about hitting in spurts. They hit in a spurt today. They hit in a spurt at the beginning of the game. That was it. And they did so well against the starter for Oklahoma to bounce him out after three and Wyatt Olds. I mean, they had seven hits on the guy. The bullpen comes in and shuts you down. Once you get a guy off the mound, you should be excited. You should be thrilled. You should be you should be licking your lips. You should be hungry. You should be able to just get after because typically teams' bullpens aren't as good. And Auburn fell apart at the plate after they bounced out wide olds for Oklahoma off the mound and they lose four to three. When you're holding on to a three zero lead for so long, and then you give it up in the ninth like that, or, or they gave it up and it was tied. It was three two going to the ninth, and with two outs in the ninth inning, Oklahoma tied it up and. Me and Sting are looking at each other like, we've seen this story before. We know how this goes in baseball. And I saw it was 3-1 Oklahoma. I began to feel it slip a little bit. I was like, ah, maybe they'll get some runs. Then it was 3-2. I was like, yeah, I've seen this before. And Auburn's bats just never woke up. And once again, I just go back to it. That's the big thing that can hold this team back. And I hope this is a wake-up call for Auburn baseball. And I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill because Auburn 
should go through the rest of this weekend and hit fine. There's a 7-2 ERA as a team against Baylor tomorrow. That's horrible. And then you got A&M, who's 2-3 and three right now. You ought to win out this week. I'll be disappointed if Auburn doesn't win out over the weekend. And maybe I'm holding them to high expectations, but you're a top 25 team and you're wanting to you know, be consistently a super regional team, you got to beat schools like this. That'll do it for this week of On the Line, The Drive with Bill Cameron following us here on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. We'll see you next week. You know where to find us.